0: Parents, is your teen college ready? Are you feeling overwhelmed, stressed out, or excited about your teen applying to college? Do you know what colleges are looking for? And if your kid gets in, do you know what you'll pay for it? College admission has never been so competitive or expensive. Shelly Howard will take you on a journey to help you and your teen get college ready. Now here's your host, Shelly.
1: Hi, this is Shelly Howard with College Ready, and I am so excited for our next guest, Caroline Sumners. She is a special guest, and that you have to know her. If you have a student who's a teenager, you are going to want to listen. So, Caroline is the president and founder of Empower Academic Coaching, which is an individualized academic and coaching support program for middle and high school students that focuses on developing the whole student. Love that. She is a former middle and high school science and English teacher. You'll see that she's, she's way cooler than that though. Um, and Caroline was inspired to start her company when she saw how little time there was in the classroom setting to teach effective strategies for learning rather than just content. I could go on and on, but you have just got to meet this lady. So welcome, Caroline. Thank you so much. You are welcome. So today I want to get into the thought process. Um, You know, I have five kids. My youngest just graduated from high school, went through the whole COVID thing with her. So glad to be on the other side for all those parents who are listening. Yes, we made it for those coming up. These are some great things you're going to want to know. So the first thing that I would think of if I was looking for somebody like you is, can you help my child and how would you do it?
0: Yeah, that is a great question. So if the child is looking for outside help, we can absolutely work with them. So I have found that if students are not that interested in getting outside help, the coaching process can be rather difficult, but as long as the student is willing to try, we can accomplish amazing things together. And there are a few things. So if you know that your child would benefit from getting some outside help from You know, a lot of my clients share we're looking for someone who can help them who's just not one of their family members because, you know, everyone has lots of things going on. Parents are super busy and they want to have peaceful relationships with their kids. So, having to also serve as their educational liaison, it's just too much, especially with, as you know, there's so many different portals and different places you need to go. So, sometimes just having that outside person can be so helpful. But so if you know, as a parent, that this would be beneficial to your child and they're not quite on board, there are a few things that I recommend parents talk about with their child to help them get to that point where they're willing to have someone from the outside come in and be that supportive person in their life. And one of the things that I compare it to is a coach is different than a tutor. A lot of times if kids think that the person coming in is a tutor Even though this isn't necessarily the case, there is this association with, okay, I'm not doing as well as I should. There's something wrong with me. I need extra help that other people don't need. And in coaching, we definitely do help students if they're struggling with content area, but that's never the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal is building skills for independence and knowing when to ask for help. So I like to compare coaching to athletic coaching, where even the top Olympic athletes still benefit from someone who can push them to greatness, help them identify their own goals, and help them come up with a dedicated plan for achieving them. And once students know that, that it's not a punishment, but it's truly just someone who's in their corner, no matter what, then they're usually more open to it. And the results are just amazing.
1: That was a perfect analogy because I could so relate to that. When I get high schoolers that they, they don't quite know who I am and what I do, but they're on a call because they know that they want to go to college. They just don't know how to get there. As soon as I can tell them the rules of the game and let them know that I am just like you there to get them their dream, they open up because they're, they're so afraid of judgment. And, you know, they they are feeling already a little self-conscious, like, why do I need this and maybe not my buddy? And so I love your approach because it gives them that re- that sigh of relief of wait, this is this is a good thing. And I'm really lucky. And I often tell families, I don't take every student because if they don't want to do the work. I can't get them into college. It, it really has to come from them. And I'm guessing for you as well, if if they don't want to be good at school, they're going to self-sabotage regardless of all the coaching in the world if they don't see the value. So I love that it is a truly valuable gift. And often that's how I like parents to introduce me is this is a really great gift that our family's considering. So I think you're a gift. And if I had a child who was struggling, you would be the first person I call. So if say, how do you know if it's anxiety, depression, just lack of ability? If I bring you a student, I'm like, man, pre-COVID, they were like, A B, B, now they're like struggling, Shelly, and I don't know what to do. How do you help that family?
0: Yeah, that is a conversation I've had with a lot of parents. And in my practice, and with the coaches who are on my team, at the end of the day, we are really working with students on the more practical side of school. And so ultimately, it's not our job to figure out the underlying issue. That's something I would, you know, really encourage families to talk with, say, your pediatrician about or people at your child's school, Um, but what we do really well is despite what the underlying cause is of the problems, we are amazing at connecting with kids and helping them achieve their goals. So if a student came to us who had done really well prior to the pandemic and now found themselves struggling, we would look at we'd pick out together one small goal they have that would take about, say, six weeks to complete. Something that feels like it will challenge them, but it's not overwhelming. And it's something that we can quickly check in on and see how things are going. So in that case, if they really feel like their grades are not where they want them to be, we would focus on maybe one class. Okay, maybe your math class is the one you wanna focus on first. Let's have a goal of within the next six weeks, you attend tutoring once a week with your math teacher, or you'll do these three extra practice sets, maybe 15 minutes every day. And let's see if at the end of that six weeks, maybe you have gotten one improved test score or maybe your math teacher has written home to your parents and shared how engaged you are in class. And then what we do is we really celebrate those small wins because one thing I really don't like about grades is how much of a lagging indicator they are. So students can put so much effort into improving in a course, but it can take a while, first of all, for teachers to grade things because as a former teacher, I was not the quickest at grading. It's a lot (laughs) when you have hundreds of students and you want to do a really effective job of evaluating their work. So you don't always get quick feedback. And all of the earlier grades you got prior to really working on a plan those tend to be averaged in with the others and that can be so demoralizing for a student to really try hard and then not see the results on their report card. So that's why it's really important to us that we celebrate the small victories along the way. If they have never been to tutorial with their teacher this year and they go the first time, we're celebrating that. We love to send postcards home because, you know, kids today they don't get they don't get snail mail. So it's super fun for them to just get this little note that's says how proud we are of them, or we'll make sure to that they share with their parents and just reinforce. And when you have those good feelings, I mean, we know it as adults too, it's really hard to keep going on a goal if you feel like you're just getting negative feedback. But if you have someone who is congratulating you for those small steps, that can really help you to start to program that voice in your own head so that you can get more accustomed to celebrating those small victories yourself.
1: I could so see your passion in this. It must have been so frustrating as a teacher to want to just pour into a child and you only had such limited time for the whole group. So at what age is the best time to start working with you? And is it for one session, five sessions? Like what
0: what would that look like? Yeah. So We have found the best time to start is usually, uh, we start uh, in middle school um, and go through high school. And we even have some students who stick around with us through college just because they find that it's that beneficial to them to have that dedicated time each week to meet. And I would also say in addition to using age as a guide We get a lot of students who start working with us because they've hit their first roadblock in their academic journey. So this especially happens with kids who have traditionally done really well, and then they'll hit that first tough class and their identity is shaken to the core because they're like school was so easy before and now I can't do it. I must be bad at it. So we get work with a lot of kids who maybe are taking their first AP class or for middle school, maybe the transition from elementary to middle has been a really tough one going from a couple of teachers to maybe seven or eight and so when uh when students approach us with with those problems when families ask for our support we do encourage them to sign up for the full school year where we meet once a week to help students and we have found that to be really beneficial because there are just so many skills that students want to improve on. And once they meet that first goal, they want to keep going and we don't want to interrupt that progress. So this would definitely be for people who are interested in a long-term coaching relationship rather than a quick fix because the skills we're working on, we can always just go a little bit deeper and apply them to new contexts. And I find that that's really what helps students become independent, is not just learning a skill once and moving on, but taking that skill and then having a supportive environment where they can really say, okay, this thing I used in my math class, I now know that I can apply that to my science class. For this thing I did in eighth grade, I can apply it to my ninth grade classes.
1: That's so fascinating. Do you have maybe a student in your mind you can change the name to keep them secret can you talk about maybe what it was like when they first came in and then maybe what it was like after a year so it's hard when a parent is battling with their child about grades or homework or procrastination or you know any of that <laughs> what what can they expect if the student is involved, if the student wants this, if the student is really getting the best of your program, what would be that transformation?
0: Yeah, so I love this question because we actually just got finished with, um, for most of our students, we do an end-of-the-year coaching presentation or discussion, depending on how much time they have at the end of the year. So our middle schoolers usually have a lighter workload, and we can make a full presentation together. Our high schoolers usually have exams and things. So it's more of an informal discussion. But what we do is we have some prompts that we go through with them, asking them to reflect on all they've accomplished this year. And then we have them share that with their families. So it's a really sweet moment, because I think Uh, sometimes at school, like those last few days can just feel really chaotic. And this just gives that calm place to say, look how far you've come. And one of the questions we ask is think back to the person you were in August and think about who you are now and tell us what the differences are. And the answers are amazing. So one student that I can think of um, has she explained that she started the year feeling really just not confident in her own abilities and really scared to speak up when she needed help. And I know I've talked a lot about students being independent, but I think part of that is knowing when to be interdependent, when you need to call on support. And so with her, we really worked throughout the year on, this was a middle school student. We, we really worked on how do you ask your teachers for help? How do you ask classmates for help? How do you, you know, how do you deal with it if you ask your teacher for help and they explain it again and it's still not working? So we would do things like practice how to write emails to teachers, you know, um, role play like a conversation with a teacher, practice conversations with other classmates or even with with the student's parents to see um, how to phrase it for them when the student realized they needed more support. And by the end of the year, they said they can confidently call on support whenever they need it. And their teachers actually wrote to their parents and shared what what a change they've seen. And that's just one aspect of, of the transformation, but I think it's a really key one that will serve the student well throughout the rest of their school career, including into college. So I love that one, especially, you know, what I pulled from that is
1: you're giving them the soft skills that they don't have time to do in school, right? That the things that are, get them through life, the questions, the follow-up, the thinking it through what a amazing gift, you know, as a parent, I did a lot of that, but I had children who wanted me to participate. I know that that is not the, the reality of the world in which we live. So the fact that they have a safe place to come to you where you're going to coach them into being a better adult, man, I just think if every 17-year-old had somebody like you, our world would be pretty amazing. Yeah, for sure.
0: So much. Yeah. yeah uh, the. The other coaches at my company and I, we often talk about how we wish we had had this when we were in school, despite all of our varied backgrounds and school experiences. Some of us loved school. Some of us hated it and everything in between. But ultimately what this is about is just having someone there who's yet yeah, a, a judgment-free zone to just support you and where you want to go. That's outstanding.
1: Okay. So now I'm putting my my mind to a student and they're listening to you and they're thinking, how in the world did she ever get started in this? Did you always know that you liked teenagers and that you wanted to be in this world? Or did you take a, a different path through college? Or what did that look like for you? I get many students who struggle to pick their major, pick their career, because they don't know anybody who has their same gifts and talents. So as part of the podcast, I like to ask my professionals and say, can you lean into maybe the younger version of you and tell these students, these were my gifts and my talents, and I wasn't going down this path, but this path kind of hit me. Whatever that looks like for you is super
0: valuable. Yeah, I definitely took the circuitous path. So I think I have always known, I love teaching and education and just learning. I actually like learning better than, than teaching. And so that would be a part of my advice for anyone, any student who's wondering what to pick is to also think about not just your interests, but kind of your dispositions and characteristics because I love learning, it makes sense to me now looking back why I kind of dabbled in these different areas. But I've always loved education. I definitely I have three younger brothers who all had to sit for many a, a reading lesson when I was <laughs> five or six. So, but then when when I got into high school, I was like, I love English. I'm gonna become a writer or a journalist. And then I got to college and I was like, actually, I had this amazing biology class. I'm going to work in a lab. I love learning about genetics. And so that's what I ended up switching my major to. That was probably like the fourth or fifth major that I was on at that point. And then after I graduated, I had a lot of trouble getting a job, a lot of trouble. It was at the height of the financial crisis there, you know, it just wasn't the, the best time to be a fairly inexperienced college graduate. So I really leaned into, I'm, I'm thankful that I was able to do this because I know not everyone can, but I just leaned into, let me do some volunteer work and figure out what I like and how I like to spend my time. And at that point, I was really thinking, maybe I want to go into the medical field. So I started volunteering with a school nurse. And while I was in that environment again and seeing the kids, I realized, oh, this is where I I should be now. And so that's what led me to going back to school to get my degree in teaching biology and then ended up teaching sixth grade, seventh grade, 11th grade, biology, English. And this is the latest twist I've taken to work one-on-one with teenagers or in small groups. But the through line that I see through all of that is that I love learning new things and I care about people and helping them. And so that's something that I work with my own students on when they're, when they're wondering what to do next or what careers to explore is just thinking about, yeah, what, what are you great at? And then what are some ways you can share that with the world? That's perfect. Perfect.
1: I had a feeling there was going to be some really cool story that had to go with that. Uh, You know, when you changed your major several times, I was like, oh, no, (laughs) I like you was inspired by my professors. And I'm like, oh, this psychology class was amazing. I definitely need to go psychology and on and on and on it went. And so I often tell families college is the stepping stone to the future. It's not the end game. And so if we can help students to get really clear on their core values, on their passions, their annoyances, their gifts, their talents, no matter what they do, they're going to be prepared. And it sounds like you're helping prepare them in in similar ways. And so I think that is huge. Do you at all, just curious, help families who are maybe having a difficult time with their teenager?
0: Absolutely. So we really, even though we primarily work with the student, we really do consider ourselves to be of service to the whole family. And so part of our coaching is that we offer the parents and caregivers that we work with to schedule calls with their child's coach and at any time throughout the year to just discuss what's going on. And we're happy to provide support in their specific scenarios. And we also provide a lot of content on our social media channels and our newsletter with some ideas and suggestions. Because one thing I've learned in this work is each family is different and has, you know, unique qualities. So I would never dare to prescribe a specific way of interacting with your child, but I do love to brainstorm and offer options. So for example, one thing that we did back in November was a questioning challenge for families to help promote some like dinner table conversation that didn't revolve around grades, but more revolves around the kinds of things you were just mentioning. Like, what are your values as a person? You know, the kinds of things that in the hustle and bustle of the school year don't always rise to the top. And so we like to provide support in that way. And we also have recently um, one of our coaches just got ADHD certified and is leading right now um, and will again in the future lead some small group coaching for parents specifically of ADHD or otherwise neurodivergent kids because there are some specific unique things parents can do if their child has ADHD or other forms of neurodivergence to really help the interactions go better. A lot of the families who are approaching us feeling frustrated, um, it can sometimes be because of of things that they may not realize come across as combative to their child or vice versa. And so we really take the approach of let's all understand each other a little bit better. Um, And we love just restoring those peaceful relationships at home.
1: You do so much for the core family the core family, which is ultimately the best. Now, if somebody was going to try to find you or they're like, oh my gosh, I really need this, this organization, what would be the best way that they could reach you?
0: Yeah, the best way is through our website. We would love to hear from you. So it's empower academiccoaching.com and empower is spelled E M P O W E R and then academiccoaching.com. Excellent. And you had mentioned you're on
1: social media. So if they wanted to kind of check it out first before they raise their hand, that's a safe way to do it. I love this. Thank you so very much for being on the show today and sharing your wisdom. We are very
0: thankful. Thank you so much, Shelly. I enjoyed it. Thanks for listening to Parents Is Your Teen College Ready with Shelly Howard. Make sure to check the show notes for our expert guest's contact information, links, and more details on how to get Shelly's free best selling book, How to Send Your Student to College Without Losing Your Mind or Your Money. Thanks again for listening.